Hello, and welcome to this edition of the Health Disparities Podcast. I'm Dr. Rose Gonzalez, a nurse member of the Executive Steering Committee of the Movement is Life Caucus and your host. Movement is Life is a multidisciplinary coalition seeking to eliminate racial and ethnic disparities in muscle and joint health by promoting physical mobility to improve the quality of life. Today, I'm joined by a participant of our Operation Change program, which was held in Chicago, on the south side of Chicago. For those of you who may not be familiar with this program, Operation Change is a community-based behavioral change program targeted at women who are African-American, Hispanic, Latina, or live in rural communities who may be obese and experiencing joint pain due to limited mobility or experience other comorbid conditions. The Operation Change Program includes structured physical activity and is focused on awareness and education to motivate sustained behavior change. Today, I'm joined by Peggy. So welcome, Peggy. So good to be visiting with you today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So I know uh, you did the uh, Operation Change um, in Chicago on the South Side. So before we go into the program itself, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, um, I I guess I'm your average middle-aged African-American female. Um, Started off life as a cute size six, and over the years, (laughs) that changed for me. Like, it does a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people. And, you know, one day you're size six, and one day you're size 12, and you're like, what happened here? So you you really have to kind of go back and look at your lifestyle. And my mother used to tell me all the time, she used to say, you know what to do. Fresh fruits, whole grains, lean meats, and vegetables. She says, everybody knows what to do. But the thing is, we do them for a week and then we're back at the chicken shack or we're back at <laughs> McDonald's or just doing the things we know that we're not supposed to do. So it really is a struggle hitting your stride with doing the right things and doing them consistently. So that's where I found myself struggling for that answer. Your mother sounds like such a bright woman and um, in many ways reminds me of my mother who always professed the same things. Um, And as a role model, she lived to be 100. Wow. So um, very healthy. So I'm very lucid. So I was grateful for that. But yes, eating fresh fruits, vegetables, um, lean meats. Mm -hmm. Watch those treats. Watch those treats. You know? So, so tell me a little bit about uh, the program and, and why it appealed to you. Actually, um, a family friend of mine invited me to the town hall. I had never heard of the program, but once I went to the town hall, I was really, really fascinated by what they were trying to do. And I thought the information that they gave was really eye-opening. Um, I really wasn't aware of the health disparities in the African-American community. I really was not. And to 
have some people who, who this is what they do for a living and they know what they're talking about and they have data behind them to explain to you what is happening systemically is eye-opening and it's, it's, a, it's a kick in the pants. It really is because by not doing the things that you know you're supposed to do and just not being aware of what is happening to you, you're going with the flow. You're going yeah. with the flow and it's to your detriment. So the program, first and foremost, has just been eye-opening to me. It really has. So let's talk a, just a little bit about that moment at that town hall. When in that town hall, because I know we talked about a lot of things in that town uh-huh. hall. We talked about the disparities, about hospitals shutting down, you know, in the uh-huh. areas, about the lack of access to health care. Exactly. Um, we talked about joint pain and arthritis. Exactly. When was the tipping point in that, um, in that town hall? You know, I can't honestly say that there was one thing, but there were so many things that were said that resonated with me. The okay. cherry picking, oh, the patients for one. I'd never heard that term. And that is exactly what is happening. The safety net hospitals, um, the, the, the way that Medicare and, and Medicaid and, and the way that doctors are, um, for lack of a better word, encouraged to treat their patients a certain way and how it's all bottom line driven. And there doesn't really seem to be, the end goal does not seem to be the care of the patient. It's, 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 it's all about the dollars. And you know, and when you get this help from the government and, and when you go into these places, you assume, okay, I'm under a system that really cares about me. And that's not necessarily the truth. So it, it really is, the onus is upon each and every individual to take care of and to look out for themselves. But mm-hmm. that is difficult to do when you don't understand the environment that you're operating in. Right. And unfortunately, that information isn't something that is readily available to people. There's only right. a handful of people and pockets of people who really understand what's going on. And it's difficult to find these people. So I... Personally, I feel really fortunate and blessed to have found this organization because the information is there and they're giving it to you. Exactly. And I think, you know, certainly that's been our goal to increase awareness around these issues. And I just want to just mention briefly on that cherry picking and cherry picking and lemon dropping is when institutions set certain criteria for patient care. And if you fall outside of that criteria, um, you become a lemon. And mm-hmm. the lemon is that you are so much of an expense that they are not likely to provide care. If you're a cherry, it means you have great insurance. You're probably going to have great outcomes, so less risk. Mm-hmm. And um, those are the patients that institutions really try to either perform surgeries on or care for because their outcomes are good. They will then retain most of the dollars. So, you know, from a bottom line, you know, uh, expenses against, you know, the costs, they will reap the benefit of the expenses. They will be recouped and earn, you know, so their net gross income will go up. Meanwhile, if you're in one of those safety net hospitals where their patients are sicker and don't have the the kind of insurance, you know, 
they're not going to make the money because they're spending the money on the care. And so you see that movement towards uh, those safety net hospitals being unable to continue to provide services and shut down. So there's that cherry picking and lemon dropping. So what you're saying is that information helped you understand, hey, I don't want to be the lemon that's dropped, right? I don't want to be that lemon. I know I've got to take care of myself and become that cherry just in case just in case I need care, I want to be able to have access to that care should I need it. Exactly. And the ironic thing is, it's the lack of resources and the lack of information that drive that phenomena of the cherry or the lemon. If, right. if that information was readily available, I mean, if healthcare was an umbrella for the mm-hmm. people in the United States, its goal was to let's keep all of our people healthy. That would not exist. And that would impact their bottom line. Right, right. Because nobody, most people would not become that right. uber expensive person. Right. They do the right thing. They, they understand it better. And, 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 um, and the country would understand it better and invest yes. in areas and help people move in that direction. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And that isn't even about the haves or the have-nots, but to keep your people as a whole, healthy, benefits everybody. So let's talk a little, let's get back to that Operation Change program. And I I, want to ask you, have you ever participated in a program like Operation Change before? My sister and I participated in something that you had to pay for. Uh, It was years ago, and I don't recall the name of it. It was uh, a program we went to at Northwestern, and it was very much like Operation Change. It was a good program, and they did offer information and resources and and different things to help you on your journey to help. Okay. But again, it was was almost a cherry-picking thing. We were fortunate that we had the money to pay for it, but Mm -hmm. the people who really need it often don't have the money. But that right. sort of thing. And that's the difference with Operation Change. It's we want to help the people who need the help. And I right. really respect them for that. And I, I think I want to just um, highlight one thing you said is you had to pay for that program. Yes. And Operation Change is really free uh, to the participants. It's really mm-hmm. um uh, uh, sponsored um, by Movement is Life and Zimmer Biomet, but we don't want to increase barriers to the program. So we make it available to all who who, who come. So that is mm-hmm. a difference. So when you were um, in that other program, how did it go? What was the end result of that participation in that program that you paid for? My sister actually lost I think about 20 or 30 pounds. She did better than I did. Uh, and, and we were given information to take with us and there were the resources, but like a lot of things, after a while, it just leaves you. And I would tell you, uh, one of the biggest differences I noticed between that program and Operation Change is after your six-month period was over and the program was over, they were done with you pretty much. Uh-oh. Whereas Operation Change there seems to be almost an ongoing commitment. A, a lot of times there are relationships formed within, mm-hmm. within that program and those women 
keep in touch with one another and they encourage one another and they reach out to one another and the operation change staff is still there. It's, it's mm-hmm. like, okay, we're not just going to do this for you and then move on. We're here going forward. And I, that is a notable difference. And I think it means a lot. I'm glad. And, and you're exactly right. The participants become committed to each other. Yes. So um, I think that's an interesting point to uh, highlight. So the difference is, you know, you felt more connected. Talk to me a little bit about the changes you may have made in your life due to your participation in Operation Change. The biggest change, I think, is an awareness. You don't go from, um, okay, I'm a size six tomorrow, I wake up, I'm a size 12, what happened? That it, you have an awareness. Even when you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, you know it. And you feel bad about it. And believe it or not, that goes a long way to making you a better you. And um, like I said, I I keep hearing that thing, movement of life in my head. So I make it a point to get up and go for a walk, especially working from home. It's easy to sit on the couch with the laptop in front of the TV. And I know a lot of people are gaining what they call the COVID-10, the COVID-15. Yeah, it was like that freshman 15, right? Exactly. The freshman 15, yeah. Exactly. I've actually lost weight since I've been home. You know, you're not going to the Starbucks every day and you're not getting the muffin with the coffee and the I'm eating at home. I'm right. eating what I know I should be eating because I only have those foods that are good for me in my house. You know, mm-hmm. during my lunch hour, I get up, I go for a walk. So not having all of that temptation around me and having more control over my time it's really been good for me. It yes. has. And it's those operation change lessons that have stayed with me and are driving this behavior. That's amazing. That That is amazing. So the, the, um, the increased um, awareness through the program has almost translated to behavior change. And even though we're in this really kind of stressful unreal situation here with COVID-19, you've been able to maintain, you know, that awareness and those changes and, and it's benefited you. And there's also a level of anxiety that's going on. Yes. It's with folks with everything that's happening now. You know, I just feel like I can eat my way through this or I can go and take a walk, which is what I've opted to do. And, And that's kind of, you know, that, that mental awareness and, the um, ability to see that and say that, you know, because um, I hear you. I, I, I do that too. I, and, and you don't bring that crazy food in. You know, if you don't have it, you won't eat it. And in this time where we kind of lose control of everything and we're anxious, we can c- control those things around us to make us healthier. Exactly. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Well, let's talk a little bit about the program. So we know each session starts with a speaker and they mm-hmm. focus on some aspect of health. Was there any one speaker or topic which was a little more impactful or that really kind of resonated with you a little bit more than the others? I think the discussions that resonated the most with me was how the system works. Okay. I mean, you know, you, you have people come in, you're talking about exercises, which is awesome. You have people come in talking about nutrition, which is awesome. But these are messages we get often. 
We, mm-hmm. we hear these things. But for somebody to sit you down and explain to you how the system really works and how it's almost rigged against you, that is new information. Yeah. <laughs> when do you go to hear this sort of thing? So I would say it's those messages that really made me sit up and say, okay, what is going on here? Well, one of the things that um, we heard from many of the participants of Operation Change as we've done these podcasts was, you know, we have segments, different segments of Operation Mm -hmm. Change, uh, different topics that we focus on. So we do uh, mental health, social support, nutrition, uh, activity, and access, you know, it sounds like that access to health, which is talks about the healthcare system, mm-hmm. talks about providers, talks about how you access, has really resonated with you. But a lot of our, our participants also felt that in some ways that mental health segment, and we spend about three or, or four weeks on mental health giving people skills and tools to deal with um, stress and anxiety and even make them aware of what they might be experiencing, that that has helped them get through COVID. So it's interesting that, you know, you feel like now you've been armed because you have knowledge and knowledge is power. And that's brought about by the speakers that we have and the, and the topics that they cover. So that's, that's great to hear. The mental health stuff I found was very powerful. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I recall one thing uh, one of the speakers said, and I've repeated this to people because I've never heard anyone say this before. She said that depression, I believe she said it was depression, is calibrated for white people. I've never heard anybody say that. But I know there has always been this thing in the in the Black community about we don't need therapists and, and, and right. white women are weak. It just... You know, and depression and stressors are universal. And at the same time, they're unique. What is a stressor for one person is a motivator for another. Yes. And it just, what makes one person curl up in a ball and cry makes another person angry and start moving. So it's (laughs) just the individual. and, And we need to recognize that even though the stressors may be different, even though the response may be different, we're all subject to those mental health issues and we all need to address them and we all need assistance and we need personalized assistance, assistance that is for for what is happening with our community, which impacts who we are as individuals. So Mm -hmm. that I found was was really, really powerful. And there I know there have been a lot of situations that I personally know of with friends and relatives where they were really under the gun about something, but they just did not see it as I need to talk to somebody about right. this. They would just, you know, struggle through it or or maybe have a beer, you know, right, like, right. glass of wine, or, glass of wine. Yes. You know, or, or say, I just got to put on a good face and move forward. You know, I can't let anybody know this is just, you know. And they really need somebody to talk to and help them through it. And there's nothing, there's no shame in that, right? No shame. And to carry those things like that has a cumulative effect because Mm -hmm. you did not get any assistance or didn't really properly deal with one issue. The next issue will be that much harder for you because you're still carrying baggage from the last issue. So mental health is something I think really needs to be talked about in the black community. It really does. And, and that stigma of shame 
Right. That needs to go away because yes. that's, that's not good. It's not good at all. So now we've, we've done the first segment's always the speaker, right? The second uh-huh. hour was movement. So tell me a little bit about the movement and exercise segment of the program. How was that and how did it feel? That was actually fun. I like that. I like the Zumba stuff. <laughs> you like the Zumba? That, that's I like that the sound, stuff. baby. Yes. <laughs> the music was great. Uh, and what I really liked about the movement s- section is they always recognized that people were at different levels. So some people were actually doing the movement from chairs and other people were standing up and doing the movement. It was all about do what you can do, but push yourself. Just be sure you're doing what you can do. Right. So that was enjoyable. And there was also, which almost goes back to that mental health thing, we had some um, yoga and some meditation and some deep breathing sessions, which I thought were just remarkable. That stuff is real. It works. It Mm -hmm. does, especially the deep breathing. I love that. So that is stuff I still do today. Yeah. You know, we underestimate how important that deep breathing is and how it can change how our body reacts to stressors and how it could get back into balance just with some deep breaths. Yes. I, I think it, it, to me, it's, it's something so simple like that, right? So it, yes. It's just so simple. It's just thinking about it, right? Simple. Thinking you don't have to buy the equipment <laughs> yeah. all the yeah. time. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and you could do it different ways and at different times and, it really does impact your entire system. I think we underestimate the power of the breath. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And it's healing properties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you like the Zumba and they and the yoga and you picked up some good techniques and you've kept doing some of those things. So yes. uh-huh. that's good. That's really good. And so then we go into the third segment, which is motivational interviewing. It's a group it's a group uh, meeting at the end. So it's kind of like you hear a talk, you do a little workout, you do, do a little movement, mm-hmm. then you get a little recharge, and then you go into groups. And right. uh, groups were uh, identified at the beginning randomly, and each had a leader. And, um, and then they meet for about an hour to discuss various topics, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about your work in the group or the team and what color team were you on? I was on the blue team. Oh, the blue team. Okay. Uh-huh. So what we would do is go into the groups. And I think we did this for about the last 30 minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. And we would talk about what we learned that day, how we felt about it, how we might apply that. And there were also forms provided for feedback. Okay of the speaker and Mm -hmm. the topic. And there was, um, I want to call it like a running log and they were weekly based of, so every week in this group, you would set a goal for yourself for the next week. And then that next week, when you sat down, you would talk about how you did against that goal. Okay. And you would actually write this down on the form. And if you had any issues that you wanted to share with the group, you could talk about that and people would offer advice. And then you'd set a goal for the next week. So I thought that was very impactful because it it not only kept you on course for what you said you were going to do for yourself, it made you set a goal so that you don't become stagnant. Okay, you did this. 
Now what are you going to do? So it's, it's, it's a constant movement forward, the journey of health. You, you have to keep moving. You don't come to a place and then you're done. It's not a race. It's a journey, as they right. say. Right. I like that. A constant movement forward toward uh-huh. a journey of health. I like that. I like that very much. And and that's true. And and I think what you say is nobody's imposing these goals on you, right? No, this is self-directed. And the other people are there for support and guidance if needed. And then you're sort of in this group held accountable, right? Because everybody, you share your goal, right? Exactly. You can. That's you can. optional. You can absolutely share your goal. Yes. Okay. So you can share your goal with others. And then mm-hmm. um, if they they can provide you feedback or, or, you know, say, so what happened if you didn't meet, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's little things. And, you know, and people ask for help. I recall one person saying that she was struggling with being on time for stuff. She mm-hmm. was late. And believe it or not, that can impact your health because that's a stressor. You know, you're always like, oh, I'm late. I got to go. I got to go. That's not good. So somebody said to her, well, you know, this is in this day and age, everybody has a phone with a clock on it. You hardly ever see people with watches. Put a clock in your house on the wall. And she's like, hey, I never thought about that. And it really does make a difference with respect to time when you have a clock on the wall in your house, as opposed to going into your pocket or going into your purse to pull out a phone. Because in this day and age of technology, we don't know what time it is unless we look at our phones, right? So it was Mm -hmm. something simple like that that she never thought about that somebody in the group said, hey, why don't you do that? And that helped her. Simple things. And they, like you said, these are simple things. And sometimes we take the, the littlest things for granted. Yes. You know, but they can make a big difference in somebody's life. Was there a moment when you said, oh, I think this program is helping me? You know what? I liked it from the very beginning. Oh, I honestly wow. did. I liked it from the very beginning. As a matter of fact, I liked it so much that the second year I went back, I brought both my sisters I did. I brought both. So all three of us were going and they liked it and they found it very helpful. So it's it's just for me, it was a great program from day one. Did you ever feel like you were wasting your time at the program? No, because Saturday is my day. So if I wasn't doing that, I would be sitting at home watching TV or in a store spending money I really don't need to spend. And you're sitting there, but what you're doing is for you. So how could that be a waste of your time? That's right. how I look at it. That's, yeah. that's your time. It's for you. And it's going to have a lasting impact as opposed to a pair of pants you buy that you probably can't fit the next year because you're not watching what you're eating. Exactly. <laughs> Don't I know that one? Yes. yes. We stress a lot um, during this program that women... Um, really need to take time out for themselves and not feel guilty about it, right? So is that a message that maybe you heard also in the program that reinforced your Saturdays to yourself? You know, that is a message that I heard a lot in the program. A lot of women struggle with that. And I'll tell you, I personally have never had that issue Mm -hmm. um, because my, the way we were raised my mother didn't, we were never given those traditional gender roles. You're the man, you're the female, you feel this way, you feel that way. My mother used to always say, every man is responsible for himself. Mm-hmm. And I believe that. So, you know, in my role as a mother or a wife or aunt or whatever it is I may be, none of that matters. 
if I'm not grounded, you know, and, and I w- my mother was, gave me the analogy of a tree. Everybody is a tree and everything about you, uh, your, you, your son, your daughter, your cousin, your niece, your mother, your father, those are branches on the tree and no one branch can be bigger than the tree. So you have to take care of yourself. And even if a tree loses all of its branches, that tree is still viable. You are still you. So nothing else about you matters. Nothing else that you do really matters if you are faltering under the weight of it. You have to take care of yourself, not to the detriment of other people, but to their betterment. If I'm grounded, if I'm solid, I'm the foundation of everything that I'm doing. So I have got to be rock solid for anything else to be stable. And I've always looked at it that way. I almost don't even know what to say. That analogy is so beautiful. It's so impactful, you know, because I could see the trees. I'm surrounded by trees here. And so I could see the trees. It's so visual, you know, and I don't think that, you know, Women get that. I don't. I, I think we 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 know we're center, whatever. But it's like you know, you know, let the 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 foundation go because you've got to pour all this out to other people. I just think that analogy makes so much sense. It does, and women are taught to value themselves based on their value to other people, and that is so backwards. Because yeah. if if your only value is what you are giving to someone else. At some point, you cease to exist. Powerful, powerful analogy, Peggy. Powerful. Oh my gosh, I've, I'm almost, you know, it's really moved me. So, um, anyway, I'm getting, trying to get back to um, <laughs> <laughs> it. Really did move me because um, it's not, a, you know, I tr- we try, we try to put it forth, but somewhere in our heads. Um, we still have this other message circulating, you know, and playing back and playing back. And that analogy is so clear and to the point. Yes. And, um, you know, you know, just, just again, it's taken me aback. Um, but anyway, I'll I'll keep moving forward. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that. So let's summarize a little bit about, um, some of your journey. So it looks like, first of all, you had an amazing, brilliant mother. I, I want to say did. kudos she to your mom. She absolutely was. You know, ahead mm-hmm. of her time. She um, was. Really a pioneer. So grateful for your mother. And looks like you um, really adopted a lot of her words of wisdom. And, and probably more than words, it was in her behavior. Right. So she was a great example for you. She was. Uh, Right. Mm -hmm. Great example. And to your sisters and to your sisters, too. Yes. But sometimes on our journey, we get a little we go a little astray off the path. And it looks like you tried to program and it helped in some way, but it really didn't move you. And then this Operation Change program came along. Yes. And it. touched you in some way it um it really um you connected with it and yes the information you were so hungry for was available and 
made you feel a little more empowered about the system, more knowledgeable yes. and more empowered about the system and ready with skills to take care of yourself and reinvest in yourself, right? Yes, reinvest exactly. In taking care of Peggy. Yes. And uh, you picked up some skills along the way. You like Zumba, you know? Yes. And, like um, <laughs> and you picked up some yoga and some different uh-huh. techniques, learned about depression and mental health, but really learned about the system and how the system is kind of rigged sometimes against us. Yes. And learned how to make goals. And you've adopted a principle of constantly moving forward towards your journey of health, which is like amazing. It's amazing. And I think you may have had that, but I think the program may have solidified it. It did. I would agree with that. It it did. It really just, it, there was so much about the program that resonated with me. And it just, it's, it's very possible that it just drove home those things that I already knew. And it was, um, and I tell you, and, and, and I, I don't want to belabor the point, but the fact that this is free, yes. it's, it's almost mind blowing to mm-hmm. me. It, it mm-hmm. really is. It's somebody somewhere thought to do this. And then somebody else said, okay, I'm going to pay for it. That's, that's just awesome. And, and I, I said this in the group one day, that program is saving lives. Mm-hmm. Really is. It is saving lives. It, it's just little things that you can do for people and information that you can give them that can make all the difference in their journey of health. It really can. Were you nervous in the group when you they started sharing? Were you feeling like I'm not sharing anything because that's usually my answer? I'm going to keep to myself. Um, not nervous, but I do tend to be guarded. Yes, and and that's just that's just me. But um, I did contribute, and I opened up more than I, I surprised myself. I opened up more than I thought I would. Now, now, what what do you think made that happen, Peggy? Um. I think that I'm guarded like a dog is guarded. You know how a dog kind of surveys the situation before they do anything? Yes. And while the dog is not necessarily on the attack mode, he's prepared to bite you if he needs to. (laughs) (laughs) It's to be me. So, you know, after I kind of got a feel for what was happening there and the situation and the folks and what was driving it, I felt more comfortable, you know, just talking. They made you feel comfortable. Did you feel people were judgmental or? No, um, I did not get that sense. And that really does tend to be a prevalent thing. You have a group of women together, which is unique. I did not get that sense at all. Mm -hmm. There was no mean girl stuff going on. (laughs) (laughs) No nastiness. I mean, I think. No. That's good to hear. People are there genuinely to try to again, move along their journey of health and are open. They become open and honest. And I guess, did did you feel like once somebody started to be open and honest that you felt more comfortable? You go, okay. And you could relate maybe? It's like, dang. It is a group thing, but uh, that portion of it really is driven by uh, the group leader. Mm -hmm. They kind of, they have to set that tone to make it welcoming for people to talk and to share and to open up. Yeah. So what do you think is next for you? For me on my journey of health? Yes. 
Um, it's well, I have a treadmill. It okay. no has clothes on it, so I can really get on it and run now. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm thinking with the winter coming up, I'm going to set small goals for myself, like maybe start off 15 minutes a day and, and eventually work my way back up to the 60 minutes a day I was doing to get on my treadmill. Because mm-hmm. I've gone down a size, and so wow. now I know I can go down another size. That's my goal. Wow, that's yep. amazing. And, and while everybody else is gaining weight during COVID, you're you're going down. So that's perfect. Mm-hmm. That's wonderful. And you feel better? Mm-hmm. You feel okay? I, you know what? I, I was amazed when after having been home a few weeks, I put on a pair of pants that I could actually zip. <laughs> I've been able to zip them previously. I said, wow. That's, and then I thought about how I was just eating at home every day. I said, it really does make a difference. It does. It does. So I, I can do this. Yes. And so not just about the um, weight. You know, my um, I'm diabetic. My numbers is under seven now. Oh, my good. Very proud of me. Yeah. So it, it's making a difference. I do feel it. Yes. Wow. So, you know, you're more conscious of it. You have more control over things and you're feeling better. Yes. Um, so that's good. That's wonderful to hear, Peggy. That is wonderful to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, as we close this segment, is there anything else that you'd want to share about Operation Change? What I would say to people, especially the skeptics, of which I have been a member at some point in time, <laughs> is to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, really, when it comes to your health, can you really come to a place where you say, okay, I've tried it. I'm, nothing works for me. I'm done. You should, you're, you're done when you say you're done. It's, it's all in your mindset. So give it a shot. It's, it's not going to cost you any money. And it's, I think, three hours once a week. And if you're not worth three hours once a week, you really need to reassess yourself. So give it a shot. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Well, thank you so much, Peggy. Thank you for sharing your journey. And I want to thank our listeners for joining us for this edition of the Health Disparities Podcast. We hope you find this edition enlightening and inspiring. I was totally moved by that tree analogy. So I'm keeping that, (laughs) Peggy. I'm keeping that baby because, you know, I got a lot of trees that I stare at every day. So I'm holding on to that and trying to spend more time for myself. So I thank you so much, Peggy. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) You've been a pleasure. So from all of us at Movement is Life and the Health Disparities Podcast, please stay safe, stay well, and join us again soon. And for more episodes, please visit movementislifecaucus.com. Adios. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. Till the next time, people. Bye. Bye. Bye.